never chuck. I do not chuck. Never chuck. Never have chuck. Never will chuck. No chuck. You chuck. Barry takes a shotgun snap. Back to pass. Here comes pressure. And he's down. Farrell gets him. Sacks him all the way back at the eight-yard line. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. There was a time in this country when sports were revered. But people today, their values are all out of whack. All around the clock, sports all the time. That's the concept of the news. Oh, that's never going to work. Roy Philpott on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Hey, good afternoon on this Monday. It is the third day of April. We are happy to be back in action and a lot to talk about. After an extended hiatus with Ben Milstead, I am Roy Philpott. Opening day, Major League Baseball coming up later this afternoon. An exciting night last night. We're going to touch on some of that as we go through the show. We got the Masters coming up this weekend. Uh, always a lot of fun beginning Thursday, weather permitting. Friday, we're coming to you live from George Coleman Ford. We'll give you details on that, getting you ready for the upcoming Orange and White Spring Game over in Tigertown. And, of course, the National Championship Game coming up tonight as well as we get you ready for North Carolina and Gonzaga. Our phone number is 654-7627-654-ROAR. Clemson won a big series this weekend down at Georgia Tech. We'll get into those details as we go through the show. South Carolina, of course, eliminated by Gonzaga in the Final Four this week, and we'll talk about that as well. It, it is truly one of the busier days in sports, and I heard Mickey talk about it this morning. I agree uh, 100%. It, it, it's one of the busiest days in sports because of what is expected later on this week because of the title game tonight and the Final Four this past week and all the spring games in baseball. And so we've got a lot to talk about, obviously, especially after missing uh, last week. So happy to be back in action and ready to talk some sports with you. You can reach out on Twitter at Roy Philpott at Ben Milstead. You can reach out on the text line 986-1566 and battling a little bit of a cold, but feel great and ready to talk sports. Ben, I hope you're doing well, man. Long time no see. And I trust that you're doing uh, very well on this Monday afternoon, despite some of the bad weather that could be rolling through here in a couple minutes. Yeah, it's uh, lightning popping everywhere. When when your station is right underneath an AM antenna uh, radio tower, then you get a lot of lightning. And we've uh, we've had a few exciting moments here this morning. But, yeah, I'm doing good. I am glad to be back on the air. Lots to talk about. Big week. I don't know that I buy that this is the biggest day in sports, as Mickey does, but... You know, he says that mainly because he's such a golf nerd. But uh, but a big week, and then you throw spring game coming up this weekend on top of that. And a lot of people will have their eyeballs on the on the Tigers this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah ought to be a good week. It's not the biggest day in sports. I, I, I would vehemently disagree with that notion, but it, it, there's just a lot going on, right? The opening Saturday for college football, I mean, nothing, I think, in this market geeks us up like that. When you finally get to see your team run down the hill, run through the smoke, whatever it is, whatever kind of tradition that's out there for your favorite team. I mean, we get so amped up for that. I, I, to me, almost everything else pales in comparison. The opening Thursday of the NCAA tournament in college basketball, I think we love that because we get all the upsets. I will admit this. I'm not an enormous golf fan. I used to play a lot more when I had more free time. I played a little bit in college, I guess, maybe once or twice every week or two, and and so I was into it more then. But I do care about golf this week, and I will be dialed into the Masters starting on Thursday. Now, the weather 
down in Augusta is supposed to be just awful. Thunderstorms Thursday. It's going to get a little colder coming up this weekend. So that could wreak havoc on this year's tournament down in Augusta National. But I will be dialed in this week looking at the favorites to win the green jacket. I'll be dialed in to see are we going to have, you know, one of these brands finally come back and win it. You know, I, I forget who won it last year. I think it was Danny Willett or some scrub like that that I still don't care about. I'll be interested to see, okay, who's ready to make a charge, and I can't wait to watch the back nine on Sunday in the fourth round. That's always just so much fun. I pretty much ignore golf all year long up to this point, and for the four majors, I want to see who wins, who's the favorite, who's emerging. Can Jordan Spieth bounce back, finally become the player that he was two years ago? I have no idea, but this is the week that I start to pay attention to golf for the first time all year. And then for each major tournament, I'll be interested. And I've been down to Augusta. I, I love it. I'm craving one of their egg salad sandwiches right now uh, from the clubhouse. They're, they're, they're so tremendous and they're so inexpensive. It, it's such a great course to walk. I mean, you're going to get a workout if you try to do that. But I'm going to pay attention to the Masters this week. And I want to see who's the favorite and, and who's got a chance to actually win this. So first four months of the year, first three months of the year, rather, don't really care about golf now. You know, I don't care about the Shell Houston Open or the Greater Greensboro Open or any other tournament like that. The Masters, but I think you and I can both agree. We, we care about this. We want to see who's going to win it. And it's compelling uh, television when it's on all four rounds. There's always something interesting happening, it feels like, down at Augusta National. The, the, yeah, and they've been playing for a couple months now, but it feels like this is the official open to the uh, to the golf season. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like Daytona with NASCAR, uh, which is the first race, but it's you have your biggest event of the year at the very beginning of the season. That's that's kind of how I feel about the Masters. The biggest event of the year is is kicking off the golf season. Um, you know, it's not at the end. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I pay attention to those things. Um, I'll pay attention to golf a lot more after this week than I will you know leading up to it. Can't wait to see who is in contention uh, coming up on Sunday. So if you hey. want to talk a little golf today, we can certainly do that. We and, know who's uh, not in contention is is Tiger yeah. because apparently that's still news that Tiger is withdrawing from. Let's 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 flip the script here, Roy. You tell me when when Tiger is going to play in a tournament, and then that'll be breaking news. We, I want to see him play, though. You're such a Tiger hater, and it just pains no, me every time you say that. You know you are. I'm You're a, a media hater. hater. I'm, I'm a, I, I hate the coverage that he gets. I mean, it, it is. I get a breaking news alert from CBS on my phone that Tiger is not playing in the Masters. Since when is that breaking news? <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, hey, Ben Milstead's not playing in the Masters. Okay. I mean, I got about as good a shot as he does. Well, I guess he's played in one Masters in the last four. So the back injuries and everything else have, have wreaked havoc on his career. And we understand that. I, I want to see him back. I know he's not going to be the Tiger of 2000. There's never going to be another Tiger Slam. I, I don't know how many more major tournaments he's going to win. I, I don't know if it's none or if it's three or if it's somewhere in between. I, I just want to see him back because it's not that golf desperately needs him, but when he's in the mix, it becomes more watchable. And maybe now it's because he's in the mix and then something stupid's going to happen in the third or fourth round and he's no longer in the mix and we can't believe it. And so we're just still in disbelief that Tiger is, is human again and he's basically been human this entire decade. I, I just want to see him back and involved in golf. And to me, it's just, 
it's a little bit more interesting, right? And, and that's what we care about as sports fans. We want our teams to win. And then when our team is not involved, we just want it to be compelling. We want to see close games in basketball. We want to see overtime in football. And in golf, when Tigers are part of the mix, I think it becomes more interesting. And that's what I want. So, I, you know, it, uh-huh. it's not necessarily breaking news that he's not playing. But the fact that he wasn't playing, when I first heard that, I think it was late last week maybe when the news, quote, unquote, broke, Ben. Uh, but when I heard it, I, I was kind of, you know, I was like, oh, man, here we go again. I, I, I'm disappointed by this. And, you know, I just wonder if his back is ever going to hold up enough to be able to actually play. And this year, the answer, again, maybe no. And so, you know, to me, that's disappointing. But is it truly breaking news because of all the injuries? I don't know. Maybe it's not. Yeah. I, I still would like to have Tiger back in the mix. I want to – and, you know, nothing against Danny Willett or, or anybody else like that, but – I need a name brand to win the Masters. Right. It, it you know it it needs to be. I, I I need a Jordan Spieth or an Adam Scott or or Jason Day or I need one of those guys to win it. I don't need you know I don't need a first timer winning the Masters. I mean, give me I, I and I want you know you need to be able to look up at the leaderboard on Sunday at when they make the turn and. Like, oh, yeah, there's Bubba Watson and Jordan Spieth. I, I mean, I want those days where you have big names just fighting it out to the very end. Golf needs that, and I think the Masters uh, will need that coming up this weekend. It's, it's compelling, especially around here. Would like to see Tiger back in the mix, but obviously it's not going to happen. Uh, this year, we'll see if it happens coming up uh, later on. Opening day, Major League Baseball, we mentioned that. It was a great game last night between the Cubs and Cardinals. Watched it. Uh, Chicago came back as defending world champions late in the top of the ninth. They tied it up with a two-run bomb. And then St. Louis came back, of course, in typical St. Louis fashion and won it 4-3 to three in the bottom of that frame. And to me, it's only just kind of a precursor of what's to come for the rest of this Major League Baseball season. I, I don't even know when this happened. And we don't talk a ton about it on this show. And, you know, I, it, when the Braves are good, I think people here care a lot more about it. But on opening day, it, it just feels so good to talk about Major League Baseball again. Uh, I don't know when it happened, but I, I'm kind of like this closet baseball geek and a closet baseball fan. And, like, I want to go check out SunTrust Park. Have you seen the pictures down oh, there yeah. in the north Atlanta suburbs there in Cobb County, the heart of it all now in Metro ATL? Have you seen the pictures of SunTrust Park? Oh, listen, they had a live a live cam as they were building that thing, and I, I started watching it like a, you know, like a moron when they were laying sod. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, but no, the whole complex, though, uh, you know, I guess they're still maybe working on hotels and things around there, but when all that's done, it's going to be incredible. It looks fantastic already. And so yeah, I'm anxious to get down there and see the Bravos play. Dansby Swanson's playing at shortstop, and they got a lot of young talent, obviously, after executing all these trades the last couple of seasons. Uh, they're still not a contender this year, but the fact that it's a new ballpark and it's just kind of a different vibe and maybe the organization itself will become more semi-aggressive in, in bringing in some veteran talent uh, to make it more competitive in the next two years. It's not that we're all pointing towards this season to say this is the bounce-back year for the Braves. I don't think that's what it is. But, you know, in the next two years or so, you're thinking, all right, can this club get back to 500 and remind us of what the Braves used to be you know, when they won all those divisional championships? I, I, I don't know, but it feels like we're getting a little bit closer to that point. And with the new uh, ballpark, uh, certainly there's a, a big level of excitement going on with the Braves. But I'm kind of a, kind of a Major League Baseball fan that doesn't talk about it a lot on the air 
for fear that most people just don't enjoy it. And when the Braves get better, I think more people can stomach it. So we'll do a little bit of that as we get closer towards the summer. But it is kind of this great American tradition and pastime when you get to opening day and you step out and the sun's beaming down and you see the green of the grass. You can kind of smell the freshly mowed uh, turf down there and you just walk through the concourse and through the tunnel for the first time and you see it. It is kind of this eye-opening experience each and every year uh, about this time. And I, I, I remember going down to uh, the Braves' old ballpark, I guess Turner Field, several years ago, uh, early one April, and you just walk out there. It was one of the early Wednesday games where they had first pitch at around, uh, I think it was around 1230 or 1, and, and you just see the turf and you smell the atmosphere, if that makes sense, for the first time. It, uh, it, it's a really good feeling. So I'm looking forward to doing that down at the uh, brand-new SunTrust Park uh, coming up here in the next few weeks. So we're going to go down there at some point, Ben. You got to think, right? I mean, we got to get down there and see what it's all about and uh, check out all the new anemones because apparently this is just it's state of the art and, and and everything is just. I saw a tour of the locker room; it just looked phenomenal. But we got to get down there pretty soon. I'm thinking to catch a baseball game, don't we? Here, here's my invitation to you. I'll drive. <laughs> so whenever you're ready, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We might be able to pull some strings and see some of that stuff behind the scenes even i'd love to do that i would love to do it just to see uh, what that new facility looks like you want to talk about any of that let's do it 654-7627 the phone number our phone lines brought to you by our good friends at northland communications we look forward to catching up orange white game coming up this weekend we will talk some college football today and kind of what we're looking towards what we're expecting what we want to see and what could be a quarterback race that is closer than ever if you read various reports and kind of arrange the tea leaves sounds like Hunter Johnson has made up a little bit of ground. Kelly Bryant's trying to hold on for dear life. Zarek Cooper's still in the mix. I think all signs pointing towards the fall as it stands right now seemingly suggest that we could have a couple of quarterbacks in the mix even for the season opener against Kent State. So kind of what we alluded to before spring practice here at the end of spring ball. I don't want to say it's gone according to our plan, but I don't think we have a ton of answers other than it's a pretty closely contested race at this juncture, and chances are even after Saturday, it will remain that uh, going in to the start of preseason camp coming up in August. So you want to talk about that and what we're looking forward to for the upcoming spring game. Uh, let us do it. We'll get into the NCAA tournament the championship game tonight coming up in our next segment, North Carolina and Gonzaga. What happened to the Gamecocks and Frank Martin and the setback to the Zags in the Final Four Saturday? I want to talk about that as we go through. And, of course, a national championship won last night. If you are a Clemson fan, how did that impact your mindset when you strolled into work this morning at the old water cooler? I'm going to give you some insight on that. We'll get to your phone calls in a very busy first hour of the show. Playing a little catch-up. Give us a buzz. Send us a tweet. You can also send us a text as well, 986-1566. Pay a couple of bills and right back after this. Stay tuned. Complete Nutrition just released the most effective weight loss product we've ever created. Plus, it comes with a free 21-day step-by-step program to follow, and we guarantee you success. If you lose more than 21 pounds in the first 21 days, see Complete Nutrition to adjust your plan. Healthy weight loss should not exceed a couple of pounds per week. Find Complete Nutrition in Greenville on Woodruff Road, in Spartanburg on East Blackstock Road, and in Anderson across from the Harbor Inn on North Main. Hello, it's Neil Monahan with Monahan Company Real Estate. Are you considering a move this year? If so, it's time to start sprucing up your yard. 
As we celebrate our 10th year in business, this month we're giving away a yard landscaping package with our friend Mark Cato of Cato's Care Lawn Service. We know your yard will benefit from his expertise just like you will benefit from our knowledgeable local agents at the Monaghan Company. Call us or stop into our downtown Clemson office and let's talk real estate. Since 1902, Carrier has been a leader in producing the most advanced heating and air systems in the world. For 25 years, Carolina Heating Services has been providing top quality heating and air conditioning services in the upstate. Today, the new Carrier Infinity Heating and Cooling System represents the best that both have to offer. For a limited time, Carolina Heating is giving away a free AC system with the purchase of a new qualifying heating system. Call Carolina Heating Services at 864-232-5684 for your free system. Carolina Heating Service Comfort Matters. They're dedicated to making sure your house, office, or business is comfortable any time of the year. Regular maintenance is the best way to prevent breakdowns, especially when the weather is at its worst. The trusted technicians at Carolina Heating Service can keep your system running smoothly. And what better way to stay comfortable than with this limited-time offer? A free carrier AC system with the purchase of a new qualifying heating system. Call Carolina Heating Service today, 864-232-5684. Crane Endurance engineers stop at nothing to push our products to the brink. They put our heating and cooling units up against everything. From flamethrowers. Face to control. Better move that. Tanker truck. To ultra-high pressure fire hoses. It's like 10 years of power washing all at once. Point is, they've devised countless ways to push train systems to the limit. Even catapults. Yes. Catapults. During the Weather Any Season sale now through May 31st, buy a qualifying train system from Pittman Heating and Air and choose special financing for 60 months or a $1,000 trade-in allowance on a qualifying new train system. Visit PittmanAC.com or call 864-606-3769 for complete program eligibility, dates, details, and restrictions. That's PittmanAC.com or call 864-606-3769. Any weather, any season. Subject to credit approval. It's hard to stop a train. Really hard. A small business owner asked me recently, why should I use you? My answer kind of surprised him. I'm not sure you should because I don't know what you need yet. Turns out this business owner felt helpless and alone in trying to deal with insurance and employee benefits. Our clients know we are in their corner fighting and everything we do is designed to make your life easier. In fact, one client said about one of my people, I wish there was a way to nominate you for being the best employee I have ever dealt with in any industry. Are you feeling lost and alone when it comes to insurance and employee benefits? You don't need to be. Call us 467-8738 and let us know how we can help you. I'm Guy, the insurance guy, and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Middays means three great hours of sports talk on the Roy Philpot Show. You know, only somebody with perfect comedic timing could produce this much energy in one shot. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Get down, get down, get down, get down, get down, get down. Our first hour of the show continues on a stormy Monday afternoon in the upstate. If you're out and about driving around Interstate 85, be careful. Give yourself some extra time. The wind is blowing. 
power lines are coming down in some spots, and a couple of lines of storms expected to proceed through the area as we go through this afternoon. So uh, make sure you are very safe out there. NFL draft coming up later this month. Hard to believe we're going to find out where Deshaun Watson's going to be playing football for maybe the next five to ten years. And with that in mind, we remind you, whether it's a first or seventh round pick, drafting the right player is always a key to success. Six-foot-four wide receiver, speedy-edge rusher can take a team to new heights. And right now, that goes the exact same for your business or department. You need to find the right talent that makes all the difference within your organization. And you can go and scout that talent right now at ZipRecruiter.com. You can instantly distribute your job opening to 200-plus job boards across the web, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. ZipRecruiter then identifies potential candidates and notifies them about your job in just a matter of minutes. No more countless hours searching. ZipRecruiter does all the searching for you. You can select, screen, and rate the candidates right there in one place. With ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard, you can find the right fit fast. And right now, the best part about all of this, you can go to ZipRecruiter.com, post your job opening free of charge. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash play. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash play. One more time to try it free of charge today. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash play. It, it feels like Deshaun stock has increased since we were last on the air. Does that make sense? Like the pro day was good. Uh, the interview process has been good. He walked away from a dismal situation in Tuscaloosa this past weekend and did it in a very first-class manner. In, in a weird way, I think that that's good as well. Like, I, I don't know if he's a top-10 pick, but I think he's a top-15 pick, and certainly he's a first-round pick. So we, before we get into basketball too much, just agree that the overall vibe surrounding Deshaun is really good right now, and it doesn't feel like anything's going to happen where his stock is going to lower itself between now and, let's say, the end of this month before the draft. Is that accurate? I think that's very accurate. I, it feels like people are realizing he's he's not just a uh, just a guy who plays quarterback that runs pretty good. He's a legitimate quarterback, and he's, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know that his pro day was great, but combine certainly was, and, uh, and, and everything – you hear about the interview process and you know and how people feel about him, you know, character and as a person and things like that. Uh, winning the Manning Award again, haven't mentioned that. Uh, you know, just all of these things seem to be you know positives for him, and uh, not not getting a whole lot of if any negative press at all. Yeah, first time in the show we've mentioned that South Carolina and Don Staley won the national championship last night. A crushing win against Mississippi State, and it felt like uh, the Bulldogs just kind of ran out of juice after that upset against Connecticut. I was watching that Mississippi State-Connecticut game uh, near the Denver airport. It was just pouring snow uh, late. I guess that was Friday night. And I couldn't believe when Morgan William hit that shot. And So congratulations. Uh, it's certainly a, a big win for South Carolina. I've heard some commentary about, you know, it would have been nice to have beaten UConn. Would they have beaten UConn? Probably not, but we didn't think Mississippi State was going to do it either. So who really knows? I think if you're a Clemson fan today, it's been very interesting to watch the dynamic on social media and to see the interaction on Twitter between Carolina and Clemson fans. Number one, before South Carolina lost in the Final Four on the men's side, and then number two, when the Lady Gamecocks bounced back to win the national championship uh, last night, and to see how Clemson fans would interpret a national championship and then how Carolina fans, how boastful would they be about it? Admittedly, there's probably not a ton of women's basketball fans out there, but 
for Don Staley and the Gamecocks down in Columbia, they've led the nation in attendance the last couple of years, more than 13,000 strong per contest. And so that is a fan base that has been growing. But in my opinion, and Ben, I'm curious to get your opinion on this too, and we'll get your phone calls on as well in the Northland Communications phone line, 654-7627. Even if the men's team had won the national championship, and now that the women's team did, I, I, I think the one vibe I've sensed more than anything else out of Clemson Nation is that you know, it's it's not that they're downplaying the notion that Carolina basketball, South Carolina basketball can win a national championship, but I heard more times than not that Clemson fans, it's not that you were okay with it, but the fact that your football program won the title in January, it's not nearly as devastating as what it would be if that didn't happen, right? So you've made your deposits into the championship bank, and it includes the biggest possible deposit known to man the college football playoff title. You won that. And so if your rival is going to win a championship in the same year and it's going to happen in women's basketball, it's on the radar. But I think most Clemson fans are like, okay, I didn't want you to win, but it's not a huge deal that you did win it, but I'm okay that you did. Does that make sense where you've won the big title? So if your rival is going to win a title in its own right, you tip your cap. But you can still kind of rest easy at night knowing that you won the national championship in football. They won it in women's basketball. That's great. Don Staley is one of the best out there. Nobody's going to question that. Women's basketball is probably bigger than it's ever been. That's fantastic. But it's still nowhere close to what college football means in this state or nowhere close to how big it is nationally, internationally, what have you. So Clemson fans, I still think, slept pretty well last night. Even though South Carolina fans, perhaps for the first time in a while, are now crowing again because they've got a title to boast about themselves. Does that, does that make sense? Is that just off base in your opinion? And no, I, I agree with that. First, I think most people, uh, and not everyone, but most people feel that part of a rivalry is you don't want your opponent, you don't want your uh, your rival to win anything. Right. And, you know, so no one's put was, I mean, you're not happy that they won. But at the same time, I mean, just honestly, I'm not threatened by it. And I think that's the way a lot of Clemson fans feel. That's a great word. I'm not threatened by it. That is a great word. And, uh, you know, in the fact that, in fact, I heard heard one interesting theory today. You know, you're not happy that they're having this kind of success in basketball. but, uh, But one person made the argument to me, said, it kind of may, maybe it will help their fan base be more indifferent to football because maybe that shifts their attention to basketball, which helps in the you know will help us in the in football. Uh, it was a, it was a strange theory, but yet somehow I understood what he was saying. Also, no truth to the rumor as well that Audra Smith sent out a broadcast text to her program yesterday suggesting game on. She didn't do that after <laughs> South Carolina won the national title last game night. On. Just wanted to throw that out there. Ben, ben sent us all a text late last night, too. He said, game on to the entire 105.5 <laughs> The Roar team just to get us all geeked up for this morning and for this game afternoon. On. But no, I, I, I love the way you frame that before you get to your calls. You're not threatened by it. Hey, tip of the cap. It's not easy winning a national championship in any sport, and it's not. We know that. We understand that. We breathe that. We live that. We die it. We get it. Uh, but it, it still it doesn't feel like it's in the same stratosphere as what transpired 
here in January. And look, you're talking to a guy that calls a lot of women's basketball games. I think I did 10 or 12 this year for ESPN, including the women's double, uh, the women's NCAA tournament. And I, I get in it. And I get enthralled in it. I think Quak and Kelly do the same thing, broadcasting all the Clemson uh, Lady Tiger basketball games that they do. Uh, so you tip your cap. I, I think Ben hit the nail on the head. It's not necessarily something that you're threatened by. Let's get to a couple of phone calls, 654-7627 on a Monday afternoon. It's Stormy. We'd love to hear from you. Paul Nennery joins us first today. Paul, good afternoon. You are on the air. Hey, I tip the hat to Carolina for winning the women's. Now, if it had been the men's, that might have been a different story. But the women's, hey, it's women's basketball. I wouldn't trade two trips to the Final Four in football for five women's national championships. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it is. If it had been a men's team, it would have been a little bit different. But, hey, my hat's off to them. I think they deserve it because, like you said, they turn out about 13,000, 14,000, and they get behind that women's team. But hat's off to them. You know, nothing we can say. But, hey, it's still women's basketball. It's not college football, which is the king of all sports. Have a good day, Roy. Paul, thank you. No, I mean, it is. And it, it sounds like sour grapes to just kind of throw it out. Well, it's not football. And it's not. You do have to appreciate the job that Don Staley has done down in Columbia because six, seven years ago, uh, that program was brandless, faceless, and in complete obscurity in the SEC. And then you press the fast-forward button from, let's say, 2010 uh, on, and it's been one of the more dominant programs in the country nobody can debate that the fact that it didn't come against connecticut does it take somewhat away from it you know in the heat of the moment probably if you're not a carolina fan it does but long term not at all five years from now nobody's going to remember that south carolina didn't beat connecticut to win the national championship right now we're kind of talking about a little bit five years from now i don't think it matters whatsoever so i'm not going to put a lot of stock into that i I was completely stunned when mississippi state upset uconn ending a 111 game winning streak i mean just think about how impossible that is it's so impossible I, i can't do anything 111 times in a row you could put me underneath the basket have uncontested layup after uncontested layup, and as much of a chucker and as much as I pride myself on shot-making ability, there's no way I can make 111 uncontested layups in a row. They won 111 basketball games in a row. I mean, it's just staggering. It's absolutely staggering what Gino Ariema did. And it was really interesting as well to watch his reaction when Mississippi State's Morgan William hit that game-winning shot that ended that winning streak. It, it, I, I don't know, Ben, if you were even dialed into it uh, Friday night, but he, he just kind of smiled and laughed. And I'm like, I, I guess that's the only thing you could do when you've just dominated your sport. They've been to 10 straight Final Fours. They've won, I don't know, what, eight, nine championships, national titles. Uh-huh. And all he could do was basically laugh when they lost and when they were upset to Mississippi State. I, I, I found that as almost interesting as anything that I saw this weekend to see how somebody that is so used to success – deals with just that minuscule amount of uh, of failure with everybody watching there in the final four. And, and he, he just kind of scoffed and blew it off at first before giving, I thought, some really heartfelt messages uh, to the media and to his team afterwards. Did you watch that this weekend? Did you see when Gino lost to uh, Mississippi State? I, I did not see that live. I did see his response uh, on SportsCenter, I guess it was, you know, showing that. And you know, it was, it's interesting. I think back to the beginning of the year, Gino didn't think he had a great team this year. And, and 
and I don't, you know, I think he maybe was a little surprised that this run has continued as long as it had. And, you know, one little soundbite that I heard, it was something to the effect of, you know, we we just weren't good enough to, to finish the job or something along those lines. And, and I just, I don't know, I kind of interpreted him as thinking that he expected them to lose before they lost uh, this season. And, you know, the other thing, it's so hard to win that many of anything, uh, as you said, but then you get to a situation like Friday night where they not only have that streak in mind, but they, they have the pressure of getting to another championship game in mind. I mean, at, at some point that has to catch up with you. Just doesn't matter who you are. That's just an, it's like doubling the pressure in that situation. Maybe so. The Mississippi State win was staggering because that team lost to UConn the previous year in the NCAA tournament Sweet 16 by 60. Not 16 points, but by 60 points. And in the span of 365 days, you go from losing by 60 to winning by two in overtime. So, I mean, the the job that Vic Schaefer did as a head coach to at least get Mississippi State to the national championship game when you lost to UConn by 60 points the previous year and Connecticut was undefeated this season going into that matchup. I mean, the job that he did was phenomenal. I thought he did a really poor job against South Carolina, sitting William basically for the uh, the entire fourth quarter. And that had a lot of people that follow the women's game uh, up in arms yesterday. And uh, perhaps that's something that uh, we talk about uh, coming up later on in the show. But, you know, for Gino, it would be very curious to be in his shoes just for a day to feel like or to feel what it's like to be able to win at that level the way that he has and just to see how his brain works because in our lifetime, there's never been a coach that that has won more, that has put together a streak like that. And, in fact, in in many of our listeners' lifetimes, lifetimes, the only coach that would even compare would be the late John Wooden. He won all those championships from the mid-'60s to the mid-'70s at UCLA and reeled off 88 games in a row. Uh, We just haven't seen it. I'd be very curious to hear... You know, if you were just him for a day, just to hear his thoughts and to hear uh, what he thinks about just just day in and day out. Six five four seven six two seven on the Northland Communications phone lines. You want to talk with us? Give us a buzz. Talk some more college basketball. We got the NCAA tournament tonight. The championship game is here. I have one team left. Nobody cares about my bracket. I understand, but I did pick the Tar Heels. I did go with Baby Blue. Uh, at the uh, middle of last month, when the uh, brackets were finally released. And so I still have a chance to pick up a couple of points tonight in the uh, bracket contest, which I still think North Carolina is going to win. Not to give away the whole kid and caboodle, but I still think the Tar Heels are going to win tonight against Gonzaga. Some of the metrics support. Otherwise, Vegas thinks North Carolina should be the favorite. We'll talk about that matchup coming up tonight. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Bill and Anderson joins us next. The Northland Communication phone lines open for business on a stormy Monday. Got a lot more headed your way. Stay tuned. Be sure to join Wild at Twin Peaks this Thursday from 3 to 7. 29-degree draft beer, awesome food, and great service from the lovely ladies. Come on out this Thursday from 3 to 7 with Walt Deptula at Twin Peaks on Woodruff Road in Greenville. Hey guys, Kelly here. As a Clemson graduate, I'm here to inform our listeners about Clemson Give Day. We are calling all Tigers to unite for Clemson's second Give Day on Thursday, April 6th. It's time to show you are all in. Make your gift online now at clemson.edu slash giveday and be part of this historic effort. Gifts are tax deductible. 
Go to clemson.edu slash give day and share on social media using hashtag Clemson Give Day. Go Tigers! Anytime is a great time to buy jewelry from Reed's Jewelers in Haywood Mall. Whether it's a diamond for her, a watch for him, or maybe something special for an upcoming graduate. No matter the occasion, Reed's will dazzle you. Endorsed by Roar listeners like Zeke. I'm calling in for one of your sponsors, man. Wally over there, Reed's Jewelers. Go check him out. They'll get you what you need. If not, he'll find it, and he will definitely take care of you. Zeke loves Reed's Jewelers. You will as well. Reed's Jewelers, Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Online at reeds.com. If you dream of owning your own business but are overwhelmed at where to start or what to do, call JanPro. Whether it's extra income or starting a new career, JanPro will guide you, train you, support you the whole way. Just listen. We made a very small investment into the business, but yet they took the time to train us and to teach us, you know, how to do what we were supposed to do and everything. And not only to train us, but they follow up with us. Call 485-3053 or online at jan-prowc.com. Retrauma in cooperation with Ready SC seeks qualified applicants for positions at its new Spartanburg facility. Potential employment opportunities include coding and casting machine operators, compounding batch operator, and converting slitting operators. Retrauma manufactures a full line of pressure-sensitive adhesive roll stock material. Retrauma offers competitive wages and full benefits packages. Go to sctechjobs.com for full job descriptions and to apply today. Retrauma is an equal opportunity employer. Anything that's made just for you is a perfect fit, right? Like a tailored suit. It fits your measurements, no one else's. That same kind of fit is exactly what Engineered Sleep strives for. A mattress made just for you, built to your sleeping patterns and habits. What could be more important than a good night's rest? Engineered Sleep wants to make it a perfect night's rest. If after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process. Learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there is no middleman. Factory to you! And you can score a significant discount by picking up your mattress instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. Husqvarna products have always provided the power to work. Now Husqvarna is giving you the power to save too. We're offering up to 20% off new equipment purchases through Husqvarna. For example, buy an MZT520 turn mower with a 525BX blower and a 322L trimmer and a T435 chainsaw and save nearly $1,300. It's as if you're getting the handheld products as a bonus. When you're ready to build your business or take care of your property with the power of Husqvarna products, put the power of savings to work too. With the Husqvarna program, it's the best choice for your customers and crew, as well as your own property. 0% financing available with approved credit. To take advantage of this great Husqvarna savings program, see the team at Easley Lawn and Garden, 312 South Pendleton Street, Easley. Call 859-1678. Easley Lawn and Garden is veteran-owned and family-operated. 0% financing available with approved credit. Everyone has someone in their lives that could use a little surprise, a little pick-me-up. You want to deliver those smiles, but who has the time? School, work, and more. Try Urban Nirvana's online gift certificate. Buy and print it right from your own computer. 
A great way to treat your wife for making all those tailgate preparations. Your college student for all the hard work. Or mom, just because. Online purchase and print from your computer. Only at urbannirvana.com. WCCP. I'm here so I won't get fined. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. First hour of the show continues back at 105.5 The Roar. Hanging out with Ben. I am Roy. Great to be back with you after missing last week. We appreciate everybody's patience with that. It's literally, I was on the road the entire week between Coastal Carolina and Wyoming, of all places. Had a great time uh, calling the College Basketball Invitational Tournament. Wyoming won it two games to one over Coastal Carolina. And I'll give you some thoughts on that maybe later in the show. We'll spend a ton of time on it. But I did like the fact that there is a college basketball postseason tournament out there that does the best out of three series. It's kind of a neat concept. It's, it reminds you a little bit of the NBA, and it was fun talking with uh, former Clemson coach Cliff Ellis last week, now the head coach at Coastal Carolina, and to kind of see how they changed up their game plans from one game to the next because they played the same opponent three times in five days. So we'll give you some thoughts on that coming up. More of your phone calls right now, 654-ROAR. Also on the text line, 986-1566. Jim in Greenville says, I'm perfectly fine with South Carolina becoming a basketball school. LOL. I, I mean, I don't know if that's the case right now, Jim. But only 12,000 fans went to the spring game. Now, obviously, because many were in Phoenix and some were in Dallas for the men's team in the Final Four, the women's team in the Final Four, now having won the national championship. I, I don't know if Carolina is a basketball school, but... In terms of success, it's not close between who's doing what down there, right? I mean, national championship women's basketball, final four men's basketball, first time in school history. And then in football, just, you know, it's not even close. That's not a shot. That's just where it is. So I I, I don't know. For you South Carolina fans out there, is it fair in your mind to suggest that you now have a basketball school? And if so, is, is that kind of insulting in a college football state? Are you okay with that? We'd love to hear from you on that subject today. 654-ROAR. UConn's 111-game winning streak comes to an end. Ben and I were just talking during the break uh, before we get to Bill and Anderson. I don't know of any task that I could complete 111 times in a row. I mean, outside of just like pressing the letter A on my keyboard in front of me. I can't think of anything. I mean, just outside of something that mundane that I could do 111 times in a row. Make a layup? I don't think so. Free throws? No way. Forget about it. Ben, is there anything that comes to your mind you could do 111 times in a row to match UConn's winning streak outside of just scratching your nose or something silly? (laughs) I I was trying to think of something clever like, Oh, I could I could sleep 111 nights in a row. I can't even do that. I mean, I, right. I'll get I, I could do that for a single every night. Now and then. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that's it's you can't overstate the the uh, the significance of winning that many games in a row. And you know, someone asked a question, and, and I think it's unfortunately it's a valid question. Do people will people talk more about who didn't win the title this year in women's basketball than who did? And that's unfortunate for South Carolina because they deserve to. I mean, they 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 went through the tournament without their best player. Uh, they are a great program that happened to happens to be playing basketball right now when one of the best that's ever played is on the streak that UConn's been on. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that big picture wise, maybe that does become the storyline down the road. 
I, you know, I, I think it's more of a storyline now than it will be years from now. Now, Connecticut's not going anywhere. The team that they bring back next year is going to have another chance to be undefeated and to win a national championship. It, it's going to be right back to the same old UConn and, and their 11 straight Final Four. You can go ahead and pencil that in. But I, I think it's more of a story now than what it'll be three or four years from now. And, you know, it, it's like what we talked about when Clemson won the national championship in football. Nobody can take that away. Same thing applies for Don Staley's Gamecocks in, in Columbia. Nobody can take that away. It doesn't matter that you didn't beat UConn. It still goes in the record book as a national championship. I think it's a bigger deal now that it didn't come against UConn or that UConn didn't win it as compared to what it'll be years from now. That's just my opinion. Let's get a couple of phone calls to Northland Communications phone lines. Uh, Bill and Anderson is up with us next. Hey, Bill, you're on the air. Okay, thank you. Uh, you know, I kind of gained a little bit of respect for him after the game. Because, I mean, he was very complimentary uh, to the other team. And uh, his reaction was totally different than what I really expected it to be. I mean, he actually was did smile some, you know. And he said, we just got beat and went with that. Because in the past, with the reasons he's given for benching some players and all, I've always thought he was a little bit of a uh, just... I didn't have a lot of uh, respect for it, but I, I may have gained a little respect for him after the game. When he smiled, I'm thinking, are you serious right now? And then afterwards, when you heard his commentary, and he gave all the credit in the world to Mississippi State and to his friend Vic Schaefer, and he said, you know, we'll learn from this. And then he admitted something that just totally stunned me. When he said, you know, we probably weren't ready for this. We thought that we were. We hoped that we were. But when it got tight late and when it was kind of back and forth late, you could feel the pressure ratcheting up. And that was just something that we weren't prepared for the way that we needed to be. And so, you know, he owned the fact, Bill, that his team was vulnerable. He laughed when they lost. And then afterwards, hey, our, our ladies are hurting. Afterwards, give all credit to Mississippi State. I, I tend to agree with you. He's been smug for so long, and we all probably would be experiencing the kind of success that he has. But then he just totally diffused it all in everything was, every uh, single thing he said in the postgame. Yeah, and I've got one question for you. But, I mean, you, you used the right word. He's always seemed real smug to me, but he, he seemed to drop that whole persona. But I've got a question right there at the very end. Uh, it came directly after a timeout. The score was tied with 18 seconds left, and instead of running it down and starting to play with 10 seconds left, they went right into a play, which didn't work and gave uh, Mississippi State a chance to win, which they did. Do you th Being that it was directly after a timeout, do you think that was his strategy error or do you think that was the point guard strategy error well that's a great question bill we appreciate it and we'll address it for you offline i mean it, it, it's hard to know i will say this and ben you see a lot of college basketball you know up close and, and in person like i do it, it, on that level it seems like the players are taught more times than not even in a game-ending situation yeah when the score is tied you, you have a little bit more freedom but in a game-ending situation, 
if a great shot presents itself, if you get an open look, let's say from 18 feet in, and there's still time on the clock, it, it seems like more times than not, the players have the green light to go ahead and pull the trigger on the shot. At the next level, it seems like there's less of that, and they're more conscious about how much time is remaining, and they will try to work it around to get the good shot as the time literally expires. But in college, it seems like that happens uh, not, not very frequently, infrequently, if you will, where you'll take a potential game winner with five or six seconds or sometimes more, provided that you get an open look. Has that been your experience? Yeah, because I think you do have to allow room for players just to make plays, and the the timing involved in in a in a buzzer beater, you know, you, you've got okay, I got to get an open shot, and I got to do it where I'm not leaving any time on the clock. There's just there's just so many variables that I'm, you know, it didn't work out in UConn's favor, but I am, I, I don't have a problem with taking a good shot. Uh, even if there's a few, a little bit of time left on the clock, I, I think most of the time the odds work in your favor. I think so too. And you know, in the NBA, both teams are so skilled offensively. I mean, you watch a game in the NBA right now, and somebody has an open look from anywhere, and it, it feels like it's going in. I mean, it just feels like it's going in. That's one of the best parts about watching pro basketball these days. You know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was defensive-oriented. It was bang the boards. It was 88 to 83, meat grinder kind of games. And now it's not like that at all. It is free-flowing, wheeling and dealing, three-point shots. And if somebody gets an open look, uh, they better make it because if they don't, they're going to be looking for work in the not-too-distant future. And So the NBA, I think, has got such a high level of offensive skill that you've got to be very conscious of what happens on the other end of the floor if the opposition is given too much time. If you miss a shot in college, it's a little bit different where it still is more defensive-oriented and you've got teams a lot of times that, that slow it down. And, and sometimes you can win a championship you know, by only scoring 62 or 64 points or whatever South Carolina scored uh, last night to beat Mississippi State. So uh, there's some of that out there uh, on the defensive end. It allows you maybe to have more confidence in shooting the basketball uh, before the buzzer goes off, and provided that it's a good shot, of course. And I think that's kind of what we saw with the uh, UConn-Mississippi State, the end of that one uh, back on Friday night. On the text line, a couple of texts rolling through. Should definitely try to become a basketball school. Look at the SEC in basketball versus football. Totally easier because to become an elite in basketball, uh, you've got to obviously – uh, win your conference and take care of business. Yeah, that, that's actually a decent point. The SEC, even though it made a tremendous run in the NCAA tournament, is not perceived to be that strong of a league. It's Kentucky, it's Florida, and then it's kind of everybody else. South Carolina made a run this year. Texas A&M did it two years ago. and Tennessee's trying to get back there. Georgia's kind of a, you know, a middle-of-the-pack kind of team. There's a real chance for upward mobility, provided that Frank Martin can take advantage of this last run. And uh, you would have the chance, I think, long term to become, you know, more of a mainstay in basketball than in football. Because in football, everything still rolls through Bama, LSU, A&M, Auburn, uh, maybe not as much Georgia and Tennessee and Florida. But, you know, you feel like they're going to be back in Florida's won the SEC East the last two years anyways, despite not being that great. There's something to that, Ben, maybe about becoming more of a basketball school. Would Carolina fans be able to stomach that? I'm just thinking about it long term. I don't know. But there's a better chance it's more realistic to become that, given the toughness that you face most years in the SEC in football. Clemson fans probably don't want to hear this, but 
I do feel like South Carolina men's basketball was one of the big winners in this tournament, even though you know they're not playing in the championship tonight. I mean, Frank Martin has been the media darling throughout this whole thing, and and, and I understand it. Uh, I mean, it's something you and I already knew about him. He's a, a really likable guy, and I think he's he said the right things, and they seem to have been sort of the uh, the Cinderella story that a lot of people got behind, and. And, and I mean, not only with uh, with people outside of Columbia, but I think with their fan base, too. Uh, you know, it looked like they traveled really well to Phoenix. And uh, I, I'll be I, I will pay attention to how they parlay this into more success going forward. Do they become, uh, you know, does basketball become more on the forefront down there, uh, you know, beyond this season and next season, does can they continue this? I, you know, I, I tend to think that they can. I tend to think so as well. I, I don't know if Zion Williamson's going to stay in the state and go to South Carolina or Clemson. If you really press me on it, I would say he probably doesn't. He probably ends up at Kentucky or Kansas or Duke or somewhere like that. But if South Carolina was able to reel in him, that would obviously be, uh, you know, kind of tied back to the notion that they just made a run to the Final Four. Uh, certainly that would be a step in that direction. Getting back to the tournament next year would be a big deal. Remember this, before the last three weeks, South Carolina hadn't won an NCAA tournament game in my lifetime. you got to go all the way back to 1973 for the last time that it happened. So, I mean, there was a long period where there was no success whatsoever. Now you back that up with, what, three wins to get to the Final Four, or four wins, I guess, to get to the Final Four and to, to play the Zags. It, it kind of changes the approach and changes the mentality. And let's also tie this in locally here in our final minute of our first hour. Could South Carolina's run change the way that we look at things here with Clemson basketball? Now, when Clemson's winning in hoops, people get behind the program and they show up in droves at Little John Coliseum and you get excited about it. When you're not or when you've kind of been average and maybe a little bit above average, it kind of gets, you know, thrown in the rearview mirror. What's happened in Columbia now? Does that start to change things here in Clemson? And it maybe ratches you know up the pressure a little bit, amps it up somewhat. I, you know, I don't know. That's something maybe we can debate coming up in our second hour. You want to talk with us? Six five four. Roar is the phone number. Six five four seven six two seven. Hour one in the books. Hour.